2: Now, here's your host, T.J. Reed. Well, here we go. It's a championship week in college football. We have flipped the calendar over this weekend to December for the NFL in the stretch run. We can't wait to talk all about it. It is all part of the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs in college and pro football. It is Three Dog Thursday. Great to have you with us. And great to have Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, Vegas Insider, back with me as our analyst our insider, when it comes to trying to figure out the facts and the figures and everything going on with college and pro football, good to have you. Getting really good now for college and stretch run for the NFL, sir.
1: Yeah, and now it's really an exciting time heading into Saturday with uh, this championship weekend in which the top four teams, you can make an argument for all of them to win, you can make an argument for all of them to lose, <laughs> and, and that's—and really it's... Uh, It's a lot of fun. I mean, you went into last year, you knew Alabama was a lock against Florida. But past that, though, you have a lot of these games that anything can happen. They really can. That You can see Oklahoma maybe losing. You can see Auburn losing. You can see Clemson maybe losing. So it's going to be really interesting if that top four is going to be the four we're going to see next week.
2: Yeah, no doubt. All right, so on that subject, while we're right there, are you fine with the fact that Auburn leaped? Yes, it's a win over rival Alabama. Yes, they were ranked number 1, but they leaped over Oklahoma, Wisconsin. You could maybe understand them leaping past Wisconsin with the two wins. Are you fine with them leaping over Oklahoma at the moment and being in the 2 spot?
1: That's fine. I mean, again, I think a lot of things have to be settled this weekend, but when you look what Auburn did, they beat Alabama. They beat the top team in the country and Auburn has beaten Georgia. So, You know, you can't take those away from them. And Auburn's really going to be kicking themselves for blowing that LSU game. I mean, losing to Clemson early, so be it. Now it's still a close game. But losing that LSU game, they've got to be kicking themselves for blowing that game because they would probably be number one in the country right now. But, you know, for Auburn, look, if they end up beating Georgia twice and beating Alabama in the final month of the season, they should be in the college football playoff.
2: All right. And uh, very interesting on the cusp of this that Alabama at the moment at five when the rankings came out on Tuesday night, right behind them, Georgia at uh, six, Miami at seven and Ohio State lurking at eight. Ohio State playing in that Big Ten championship game with Wisconsin. So I mean, what that means is uh, for Alabama, you've got seven teams around them, four in front of them, three behind them that all play this weekend. Uh, This doesn't include Texas uh, uh, TCU that has two losses and is ranked 11th, but you have seven of the eight teams in the top eight playing. Alabama's not one of those teams. So I don't see any hope that the Crimson Tide gets back into the top four here because if the teams behind them win, just like what happened with Auburn, they're going to leapfrog over Alabama. If a a Georgia, a Miami, and Ohio State wins, they jump in front of the Tide, don't they?
1: You know, you look at this and you say, OK, like I, like I mentioned earlier, all four, the top four, Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, and
2: Wisconsin.
1: Wisconsin, those four all lose. Then you say, did the four teams that won those games get in the top four? Because I don't know if TCU makes that leap. Miami will probably get in there. Georgia will get in there. And Ohio State even with two losses, would probably get right. in there for beating an undefeated Wisconsin team. So does that leave the door open for Alabama to be the fourth team? That Alabama they have to get in in front of TCU, right? Better record,
2: but higher not, ranking, but not a conference champion. I, I don't know. Yeah, but and, we've
1: seen that before. Yeah. We've seen the, the non-conference champion right. get in, so it's not impossible. You know, they'd rather have Alabama than TCU in there. <laughs> they'd rather have <laughs> Alabama than most of those teams in there, probably
2: you know what, I'd rather have you on this show and your insight and your analysis because a week ago, you had the Charlotte 49ers in the game with Florida Atlantic, FAU. You had Iowa State. You were 2-for-2 with your college underdogs. So, uh, Kevin Rogers looking good coming off of uh, last week and getting ready for championship weekend. I did have the Stanford Cardinal. My lone win out of the three games we had came in college. I had the Stanford Cardinal and the win over Notre Dame. So we were three for three combined in college. We've got championship Saturday. Where do you want to begin with a college football underdog or maybe two of them? What do you like?
1: All right. I got two college and one NFL, but one is a non uh is a non-championship game, okay? It's another game on the board.
2: I guess that's allowed. That's fine. You, Go ahead. Yep, that's allowed. I don't
1: know if you, if you know me well enough to see where I'm going with this whole thing. And no, I'm not going to the Sun Belt, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> actually, actually, I am going to the Sun Belt in a sense. I really am. So, excuse me. I was going to say a Sun Belt game, but it's a Sun Belt team. Right. And you know what? Following Florida State and this mess with Jimbo Fisher... Where the rumors are, he's leaving to go to Texas A&M, which I can a hundred percent believe is going to happen. And he's trying to quell it. He's trying to say, "Let's not talk about the rumors." All this other stuff—they had nothing to play for right now. Maybe a bowl game. And if he were to, if they were to win and it'd be bowl eligible and play another game, he wouldn't be coaching anyway. So it's done, in my estimation. I would be shocked to be into staying. So getting to the game, this makeup game with Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Monroe just got torched last week. They get by 60 points. So, you know, it's not like they're playing any kind of uh, you know, prom queens here this week. But Florida State, you want to go distraction, you want to go with not getting up for this game. They just beat Florida in their big rivalry game. How in the world are you getting fired up to play a makeup game with Louisiana Monroe when you see all these other teams playing on championship Saturday, a noon game. The coach is probably leaving. I'm taking the points of Louisiana on the road. They're a 27 point underdog. I'm going to take a shot with them. And I know Florida State's won two straight, which is a crazy winning streak for them this season. But this was the big game, beating the Gators on the road. Their coach is out the door. I'm taking the points
2: here. How about that? All right, so Kevin likes that. This is a good time to make mention on Three Dog Thursday that Brett McMurphy will be here. College football insider extraordinaire. There's nobody more plugged in on the coaching carousel than Brett. You'll be very curious to hear his thoughts on the carousel, including Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher in this mess. Kevin is calling his shot, though. He likes all those points with the ULM Warhawks in the game in Tallahassee with Florida State Sleepwalk through it. Kevin thinks so. All right, my turn here, because I'm also going to go with two college underdogs on this championship Saturday. I will start with the game that I'm actually working on, national radio. I'm getting the privilege on TuneIn to call the play-by-play of the Conference USA title game. That is Florida Atlantic playing host to North Texas for the CUSA title. This is a rematch of a regular season game where FAU puts 69 points on the board in a blowout win over north texas seth latrell though the coach at north texas has done a fantastic job turning them around they were a winless program a couple of years ago and now he's got them in the championship game they've won five straight since that game with uh fau i just think this is going to be a close game it's going to be a high scoring game Uh, north texas does not play a lot of defense they do have three covers as an underdog this year including a couple of them on the road including an outright win at southern miss it's a revenge factor for north texas is Lane Kiffin out the door to another job? Is that maybe going to be a distraction for him as this week goes on for Florida Atlantic? Kevin Rogers, I'm going to go North Texas Mean Green getting 11 points to hang with FAU. I don't know that they win the game, but they're not going to, they're not going to get blown away like they did before. I think they hang in on the rematch. I'll go me. I see your, your ULM Warhawks and I'll match you with a North Texas Mean Green early on on championship Saturday. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, we have no idea, but Lane Kiffin, it seems like he's got his cards close to the best, you know, and, and I really believe that why there's not more noise made about Lane Kiffin this week is because this team is in a conference championship game, that if FAU was going to a bowl and they weren't playing this week, maybe his name would be floated around a little bit more. We have no idea what's going to happen with this Tennessee mess, but it would be hilarious if the volunteers <laughs> were knocking on Lane Kiffin's door to <laughs> To get him back there. Hey, we saw Bobby Petrino go back to Louisville. We've seen these things happen. And with the way that whole mess is, if Lane Kiffin is – because you know what the ultimate troll job is, TJ? It's Lane Kiffin matching wits with his old mentor for a year slash arch rival, whatever you want to call him, Nick Saban – and them maybe facing off in the SEC Championship down the road. You don't think he wants another shot at that guy in the same conference?
2: Could be. We'll see what happens with Lane Kiffin. Again, it's all part of the coaching carousel. And again, you may be hearing us as the weekend goes on, and you already know about some of these jobs. Tennessee could have filled their job. We're going to talk more with Brett about that in the middle segment. By the time you're hearing us, Lane Kiffin's name may be out there for another job. We'll find out. Uh, We'll see, as part of the coaching carousel, is Jimbo Fisher leaving? Um, Is Scott Frost, the UCF coach, leaving after their championship game with Memphis, win or lose? We'll find out. All right, so where do you want to go next? You said two college underdogs. I'm doing the same thing. You get the honors. Where are you going next for Three Dog Thursday?
1: All right, I'm going to go with a, a real game, a game that means something this week. And I'm going to go with another revenge game. I'm going to take TCU against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. The Big 12 championship resuscitated after all these years. And now it's back at Jerry's World in Texas. And, you know, I look at this TCU team. And Gary Patterson just signed an extension with the Horned Frogs. He's not going anywhere, even though sometimes I mean that that means nothing. I mean, these guys can sign extensions and bail, But he seems like he's going to stay there, that he's built a nice foundation, with that school and also the transition to the Big 12 a few years ago. But Oklahoma beat TCU 38-20 earlier in the season. And that's the only time, and another game too, but that's the only time that really TCU's been burned defensively in Big 12 play. TCU has allowed 14 or less in five of their last seven games, which is a crazy number, especially in the Big 12. They have a really nice win at Oklahoma State earlier in conference play. They have Teddy Hill at quarterback and – Yes, Oklahoma has the Final Four in their mind. They have the potential Piesman winner in Baker Mayfield. But at the same time, even though Oklahoma does have a good home field advantage playing in Texas, you're still playing a Texas school. So that will be beneficial, I think, for TCU in this game. And I'm going to take the points here with TCU, not only to think that they could just hang. I think they could beat Oklahoma. How
2: about that? All right, so uh, that's that matchup. And, of course, the Sooners right now sitting pretty, as you said earlier in the conversation in the college football playoff picture. Could TCU vault from where they are right now, outside the top ten, all the way into the top four with a win? depending on what else happens. Let's find out in that one. I am going to go SEC revenge game for my other college underdog, Georgia Bulldogs, Auburn Tigers. This was a woodshed game a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago now, where Auburn just blasted Georgia at home, humbled them, got the turnovers against Jake Fromm, the quarterback, shut down the run game. Auburn played as impressively in that one as they did in the Iron Bowl win over Alabama. I just wonder, Auburn is beat up at running back uh, right now for this game and emotionally i wonder if they are not spent to a degree kevin rogers for this matchup with georgia revenge game for the bulldogs uh it's going to be a crazy atmosphere in mercedes-benz stadium i was in that stadium with the tampa bay buccaneers last sunday it's a fabulous facility it's going to be half auburn tigers half georgia bulldogs of course athens is only an hour away I think Nick Chubb, Sony Michel, and company, they're going to run the ball better against Auburn here, and I think Georgia wins the game outright. I think the Bulldogs get their revenge. They make their play for the college football playoff here. They're going to make their argument, and I think by winning the SEC, they will get in. Give me Georgia, and I think Georgia might win this game by 10 points or more. I think they will win impressively in the rematch with Auburn. I'll take the Bulldogs in the SEC title game. Um, a quick thought from you about that matchup at all? You don't have to necessarily make a pick.
1: I, I can see it, you know, and obviously Auburn coming off this big win over Alabama. You know, I, I can definitely see that, and, and we'll see if Georgia is up to the challenge. I mean, it's one thing to say if you got squeezed the last time you played them, you know, you're going to be there, but getting blown out the last time, I got to believe that Georgia will, will really be focused, and also that Georgia has coasted over the last few weeks, Auburn didn't know they were playing this game until last Saturday. So, you know, I think that could be a factor, too, where Georgia, even though they probably weren't preparing for Alabama necessarily not and not Auburn, but Georgia was on cruise control for the last few weeks where Auburn had a play to get in. So I can see where definitely Georgia gets their revenge.
2: All right, we'll find out on that one. And, again, you've got several other championship games at Wisconsin – Ohio State. Do you believe Wisconsin is for real? I mean, even they may or may not win the game. Do you think they're going to hang with Ohio State, or might Ohio State torch them in this game? Is Wisconsin legit, even though they're twelve and zero at this point, trying to be thirteen and zero?
1: Kind of feels like Iowa a few years ago that they're you know they're good. I don't know if they'll be torched by Ohio State necessarily. I mean, Ohio State, you don't know which team you're getting. When we saw what happened to them against Iowa, we've seen who Iowa's lost to this year at times. But we know Ohio State can step it up when they have to, but with Wisconsin, are they for real? I mean, they're still undefeated. They're still in a major conference and it's too bad. They really haven't been tested that much because of the way the schedule broke down in the big 10 and who they play on their side. But I mean, they're still a, a, a top 10 team in college football. Like I'm not going to say that they're a team that, I mean, I will say this though, just on one other note, I know it's never going to happen, but I, I wish, even though this goes back to all the arguments over the years, I really wish that, you know, we could see what UCF could do. You know, what right. UCF could do against some of these other schools. You know, you're asked to win every game. You win every game. Assuming they have to beat Memphis in the American Championship, but assuming they do, you've done what's been asked of you, and that's still not good enough. Oh, well, this team is better. It's a two loss team. How do you know that? Like, really, if you put them on the floor, and again, college basketball, maybe not a good comparison, but we saw all those years ago with Butler. They went to the championship two straight years. They were beating high quality college basketball schools. You just didn't know about them. Was they never on TV. You never
2: yeah. saw that. And it's and the, same, kind of the same, I mean, it's the same yeah. argument. Virginia Commonwealth got the opportunity, got to the Final Four. Right. Same thing, Wichita State. So college basketball does it differently. And we've seen examples. Boise State comes to mind in the big games. Houston, a couple of years ago, put it on Florida State in this bowl game. TCU beat Wisconsin in a Rose Bowl back about five, six years ago in this kind of scenario. So... It can happen. We'll see let me,
1: if let me, it... You know, TJ, let me see it. Let me just yeah. see what could happen. And you know what? If UCF played, let's just say, for instance, they played Ohio State, and Ohio State blew the doors off them. Okay. All right. It's fine. You know, it's still one game. But what if they beat them? What if they hang with them?
2: Exactly. And they're not going to get the chance, unfortunately, for UCF. All right, fortunately for us, we've got Brett McMurphy coming up straight ahead. Kevin, stand by. I know you're going to be back in a little while to talk NFL and some underdogs in pro football. Brett McMurphy will be with us straight ahead talking coaching carousel and championship Saturday. It is the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. Stay with us. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before, for free, coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Well, as I mentioned, it is a pleasure to get this guy on. I have known him, good gracious, I think, going on almost 20 years from our days knocking around in the local Tampa St. Pete market when he was writing USF Bulls for the local paper and I was doing Bulls basketball on the radio for the college team. Uh, Now he has progressed on. I'm doing whatever I'm doing here on Three Dog Thursday. Brett McMurphy is with me. The man, the man is a maven when it comes to breaking news, and I have to say to the audience, you're you're like stopping the the news breaking process to talk to me on Three Dog Thursday. So I appreciate that. Welcome. Anytime, TJ. You 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 come before all that. You know. <laughs> I don't know that I do because about three different times we went to do this interview. And you're like, wait a minute, I got to find something else and put it out on social media and and see what's going on. So let's begin with that. It is a crazy time of the year. Every december it seems like in college football which you cover is this one of the craziest that you can recall for the last five or six days at the time that we're talking right now in terms of moves and bizarre rumors and coaches being hired and unhired and crazy firings what about it
0: as far as the number of coaches moving around it's pretty much a typical year what makes this year so unique like none other i've ever covered is the what happened with tennessee and greg Schiano. um you know it was it was fascinating to see what happened there and you know whether you think Greg Schiano was a good coach or not that that's fine the biggest problem i had is that the tennessee fans were trying to say this was a they wanted to take the high road or the high ground and we couldn't have anybody at our school who was allegedly involved or knew of the what was good transpiring with with Jerry Sandusky the problem with that is it's 100% hearsay and the other thing that is so comical is if John Gruden had the same, quote, baggage that Shiano had, <laughs> their response would have been, do you want a lifetime contract? So if you want to say you don't want Greg Shiano as your coach because you think he's not a good coach, or he didn't impress you with the Bucks or he didn't re- impress you at Rutgers, or you don't think Ohio State's playing good defensively this year, fine. Don't try to make it a moral issue because basically you've sabotaged... an individual individual's career potentially all because you don't think he's a good coach. That's the biggest issue I have Mm -hmm. with them. And it makes Tennessee's fans, Look like a, we've used this word before—a big joke with the capital J.
2: All right, so you, you and I uh, obviously uh, have watched these kind of things for years and years and years. And full disclosure, fans should know this. I obviously work with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was there in in and around Greg Schiano for two years. I was the host of his radio show. Uh, I I could probably do an entire very intriguing podcast about all kinds of things about that. The one thing that I will submit, let me run this by you, because I've seen such an outpouring of uh, national media in particular coming to his defense. What I believe happened here is there were a great number of Tennessee fans that, for what you said on the second part, that were so unhappy with the hire from a football standpoint that they realized the quickest way to torpedo and undo this is latch on to the Penn State hot button nuclear button here and undo this higher because just belly aching alone about he's a bad coach isn't going to get it undone. So I think the motive from the majority of the ones that were belly aching was a football motive and the method, the hot button was the Penn State issue. Do you buy that?
0: Yeah, that's 1,000% correct. They use that as an excuse Um, and to to basically the mob mentality. And, you know, it's sad that that happened. Uh, You know, the the problem is, you know, they would ever believed that they were going to get John Gruden. And, you know, as you said, we're here in Tampa. Gruden lives in Tampa. He's not going to be a college coach ever but people will not believe that They're <laughs> always he's the, go- the goose that lays the golden egg they're always going to keep aspiring to have him um you know and so because of that they got they, this fantasy that we're going to get Gruden and then when Gruden didn't happen um you know and then it's like what Greg Schiano, and it's like okay let's let's come up with this Sandusky stuff because Mike McQuarrie mentioned it and so who cares if it's true and then that way we can force these these politicians to get on board and then it just the snowball started down the mountain and it makes Tennessee look you know again it puts a bad spin on Tennessee and oh by the way you know what you just did you just made it harder for your athletic athletic director John Curry to hire somebody else because the next candidate is going to sit there and say, why do I want to go to that mess when they ran a guy out that never was even hired? What are they going to do if I lose two games in a row? Yeah. And that's a, that's a real concern. And, you know, as we're taping this right now, Tennessee still does not have a head coach and we'll have to see who they end up with. But if, if Vol fans don't like it, well, you guys are partly to blame.
2: Yeah, I hear you on that. And again, we're couching it because this show runs all the way through the weekend on Three Dog Thursday. We're midweek. At the time we're talking, Brett has been all over social media as one of the top college football insiders that the Jeff Brom deal that appeared to be done isn't done. It's still, and we'll phrase it this way, it still may get done. We don't know at the time we're talking. They may have to move on to somebody else. I, I will say this to you if john curry doesn't pull off hiring Brom, the purdue coach after just one season after they famously apparently flirted again publicly here with mike gundy at oklahoma state john curry may not survive all of this over the next few days for this week with whatever coach they're trying to come up with so again we're dealing with an unknown at the time we're talking on who do they land do they land Brom? do they land T. martin maybe the assistant at usc do they land somebody else we don't know but it's it's a mess at Tennessee. Hey, I want to go over a couple of other m- moves that were made. Uh, Florida gets Dan Mullen to come from Mississippi State to Gainesville. Give me a quick thought on that move, if you would.
0: You know, he well, obviously was not the first choice. They they had discussions with Chip Kelly. Uh, I believe I don't know necessarily if Chip was ever offered a job, but certainly if he was had an. Uh, Sincere interest in Florida. He could have had that job. Florida also kicked the tires with Scott Frost. There was nothing there. Um, I confirmed on Tuesday that Mike Gundy actually had phone conversations with Florida. Those did not go very far. And then they basically zeroed in on, on Dan Mullen. I think um, from what I've been told I, that from sources is that I think Florida – kind of always perceived Dan Mullen as their number one choice, but they they out of kind of respect to Mississippi State, which is kind of rare, you know, <laughs> uh, um, respect between SEC rivals, they really didn't want to take Mississippi State's coach, but after, you know, talking to a couple of individuals, um, they just finally decided to settle with who they thought was their top choice. What he's done at Mississippi State is unbelievable. I don't think people – that are not close to that program realize what a great job he's been there. One of the toughest jobs in the in the country. You're in the tougher West division. And every year when I go to SEC Media Day in Hoover, Alabama, they, they roll out the SEC preseason, preseason poll. And like clockwork, Mississippi State is picked last or second to last in the <laughs> SEC West. And then when we get to December, there's Mississippi State with another eight or nine or sometimes ten win seasons. They were the first school to ever have the number one ranking in the initial beast, uh, excuse me college football playoff rankings. And that's 100% because of Dan Mullen. He's done unbelievable work with quarterbacks, Dak Prescott, Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, and a guy named Tim Tebow at Florida. So uh, I think it's a, it's a great hire by Florida. Maybe not as sexy as Chip Kelly but I think a much, much better fit.
2: Well, they want to win, and they want offense, and that's what his background is. We'll see if that is the case. I'm going to bounce around to two or three of them. You mentioned Chip Kelly at UCLA. Do you like that fit and the fact that they always are going to be the little brother to USC in that market? He comes out of the broadcast booth. He goes back to college. Is that UCLA fit a good fit?
0: Uh, TJ, I really think it is. I think you know a month ago I heard Chip Kelly, his name floated out there, possibly that there was some – some discussions or, or some mutual interest between him and Arizona state. That was before we knew if UCLA was going to part with Jim Mora, because financially there were questions if UCLA could afford that. Certainly they decided to make that move. I think it's a great move by UCLA. And like you said, uh, you know, they're competing against USC. I think it makes UCLA relevant again. And for chip, he doesn't have to deal with uh, the fishbowl atmosphere of the SEC. Um, you know, he can, uh, he can just, you know, do his own thing in L.A., and there's so many people out in L.A. that people are probably won't even know who Chip Kelly is. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's a that's a great move for, uh, for UCLA, and, you know, I think uh, that's good for the Pac-12, obviously. But the, what's going to be fascinating next year is UCLA in the non-conference plays Oklahoma, which will be an unbelievable hype game. And then also... The Bruins also happen to have a Pac-12 road game at Oregon, which I'm sure will draw a lot
2: of interest. Yeah, there might be some interest in that game as we talk with Brett McMurphy here. College football insider, love his insight. Uh, You can uh, see what he's doing on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, Again, uh, there's nobody better at breaking the news. He is Sources, after all. That's an inside nickname because everybody refers to his stuff as Sources when it's actually him. We refer to him as him. Um couple more. At the time we're talking, I keep couching this on Three Dog Thursday with Brett McMurphy. We don't know what Texas A&M ends up with at head coach. Supposedly, they've offered Jimbo Fisher a massive deal, very similar to Brett McMurphy's deal, $7 million a season. Jimbo is coaching quote unquote this week in the Florida State finale against Louisiana Monroe. They're trying to avoid a losing season for the first time in forty years at Florida State to win this game. All right, look into the crystal ball because we don't know right now, and the and the story could change over the next few days this weekend if you're hearing the show. Is Jimbo Fisher going to Texas A and M? What do what do we think? Or is he is he hanging at Florida State?
0: TJ, I really think he's going to Texas A and M. Um he has obviously had offers in the past. LSU um, actually went after him twice. At the time, it just didn't make sense. I think a lot of things have changed. I think this year for Florida State has been very frustrating for Jimbo, and also for the Florida State fans. And it's kind of funny that you know, uh, what have you done for me? What have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. They forget this is the guy that won them a national championship just a few years ago. Um, and also, I think there's some some I don't want to go into specifics, but I think there's some things involving his his personal life that has made the move possible now mm-hmm. to to leave Tallahassee. And so I think all these combinations and the fact that um you said seven million, I had somebody tell me they're going to offer him eight point five oh. a year. <laughs> we're going to we're going to see what happens. Yeah. Let's we were in the wrong profession, TJ. Yes, exactly. We've known um, that.
2: We've known that. For I, I years. do
0: think he may. I do think he makes the move, and then I think Florida State, you know, is going to have to um, go find somebody. And you know, I don't think it's any secret that that Willie Taggart of Oregon, he's got ties to Florida. He rebuilt the Florida the uh, USF program before going to Oregon. I think he would be a prime candidate for the Seminoles. And uh, I reported Tuesday that Oregon has already offered taggart an extension to extend his contract out to five years worth about 18 million to try to keep him here um if and when the florida state job pops open because taggart would have to be among the top candidates to go to uh to go to tallahassee all
2: right we could we could do this carousel thing for another 15 minutes if we wanted to again at the time we're talking nebraska still has an opening we believe they are waiting for scott frost to coach the American Conference Championship game against Memphis a chance to be 12 and 0 for them let me couch it this way give me a quick answer would it surprise you if it's anybody other than Scott Frost at Nebraska even if they win the game they're 12 and 0 they're headed to a New Year's Six Bowl game UCF if they win it in this scenario would it surprise you if it's anybody other than Frost at Nebraska
0: I'm in the process of confirming Scott, Frost to Nebraska so by the time this thing airs uh if I can confirm it, yep. I will have reported that Frost is going to Nebraska. Uh, I believe the deal has been agreed upon. Um, what I was told was $35 million for seven years. Uh, so I don't see any way that Scott Frost will be back at UCF next year.
2: How about that? So check him in the column that Frost is going to be gone. And then there's still an Arkansas opening. There's still an Arizona State opening. The carousel just keeps spinning. Okay, I can't let you get away on Three Dog Thursday. Without getting a quick prediction from you, if I put all the games, the slate in front of you, of Championship Saturday, a wild Saturday that's going to resolve the college football playoff and conference championships all over the place, give me an underdog that stands out, that could keep it closer, could win the game. That's what we do here is take the underdogs. Do you have a particular underdog in one of these championship games that you really like?
0: Uh, I do, TJ, and I'm go- going to my uh, home roots in the Big 12. I think it's going to be – I think TCU is going to hang close with Oklahoma for for a couple of reasons. One, Oklahoma, it's simple for them. Win and they're in. They don't have to have any style points. They don't have to run up the score. They simply have to win. Sometimes when schools are in that situation, they almost play not to lose. I think that makes this a tighter game. You're well aware of Oklahoma's issues defensively. One key thing to look at with TCU in their their current uh, seven-game winning streak they have allowed six points total mm. in the second half. Mm. Against OU in the first game in Norman, they fell behind 38-14. to They only allowed a field goal, I believe, in the, in the, uh, in the second half. Patterson can coach defense. Um, I think they will play keep away from Oklahoma to keep Oklahoma's offense off the field. I'm not ready to pull the trigger on an outright upset, but I think just because of everything – the magnitude of this game and what it means to Oklahoma. Again, Lincoln Riley's a first-year coach. He has not never been in this situation. Does he kind of um, play go a little conservative here? And if so, if you've got TCU and I think they're getting getting a touchdown. If you can get seven and a half, that'd be even better. But I think they do. They TCU does keep it uh, within a touchdown. I do think ultimately somehow, some way. OU gets the victory, but I don't think it's going to be by more than the uh,
2: seven-point spread. Yeah, Big 12 back playing a championship game, and they have had some upsets in the past, including Oklahoma falling in some upsets in the past in the Big 12 championship game. Let's see what happened. Brett, uh, happens in this one. Brett likes TCU, and again, a bevy of games on Saturday. Okay, I, I again say thank you because you gave me a good, let me look at my counter, 16 and a half or so minutes here because there's breaking information all over the place, and Brett's doing it as a college football insider. Check him out on social media at Brett McMurphy, also on his Facebook page uh, where he's breaking all the information. Uh, I, I always love this guy for the insight thank you for being part of three dog thursday and the crazy coaching carousel you want to confirm you have not accepted any 30 40 50 million dollar offers yet to coach a team but you would you want to confirm that right the
0: lowest I goes 25 yeah, 20 25, 25
2: million and you would say, and i would do it too i might do it for two million i might even do it for two hundred thousand. i might even do it for 20 bucks you never know brett mcmurphy thank you <laughs> keep up the good work we appreciate it on three dog thursday sir Thanks, TJ. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by FanPlayoff.com. Play postseason fantasy football like you never have before for free. Coming this January. Find out more by going to FanPlayoff.com.
1: Who are this week's top dogs in pro and college football? we
2: are back on three dog thursday now we are back in on three dog thursday after brett mcmurphy dropped all of that coaching carousel wisdom and again the same disclaimer you may be hearing this show and you already know who tennessee hired if jimbo fisher left did scott frost leave uh ucf in the aftermath of the american championship game what did arizona state do uh, what did Arkansas do? We may not know that because we're taping this show midweek as part of Three Dog Thursday, but it still lives on through the weekend while we're picking football games on Championship Saturday. I call Kevin Rogers, our senior handicapper, back in from VegasInsider.com. You want to confirm to the audience you have not accepted a coaching position at this point, but you would, much like I said to McMurphy, you would take it for twenty, twenty-five, thirty, forty million. We all would, wouldn't we? We, we need those jobs, don't we?
1: I will say that these guys are what the potential of them A making and B the buyouts is is disgusting. It really is. <laughs> that these buy here's eleven million dollars to go away. Okay, fine, I'll go away. See you later, you know?
2: The Kevin Sumlin was tremendous. The money,
1: they get is, the money they can dig up is unbelievable. And they don't have money to do anything else.
2: Well yeah, right. And then they they, they have to wa- raise tuition and student fees and every other part. but, yeah, but Kevin Sumlin and his agent, agent of the century. He gets ten million dollars within sixty days of them firing him, and it's not offset by another job. Just here you go, ten million to leave, and you got to be paid within sixty days. Uh, Merry Christmas. And
1: you're and you're ponying up money for potentially Jimbo Christopher to give him the world, you know. <laughs> so it's winning football games is that important? Apparently, in, in some of these places.
2: Okay, all right. Let's move on to the pro game, shall we? Where last week we both we had some issues. Uh, you had the Cleveland Browns, I had the Lions on Thanksgiving Day that didn't come through, and then my Bucks. My Bucks against the Falcons had the ball down by seven, had the fourth and one, couldn't convert. The Falcons go to the other end, get the touchdown, get the cover, uh, put a nail in my in my Buccaneers playoff hopes. Although they are getting Jameis Winston back for the game with Green Bay, I'll be at Lambeau Field this weekend to check that one out, Kevin Rogers. But anyway, some NFL football and the big topic midweek while we're talking is Eli Manning going to the bench uh, for the for the Giants. Uh, look I- I'll let you have uh, the say so here on-, on this what are your thoughts after 210 straight starts here for Eli
1: well a couple things number one I don't see it as that big of a deal simply because this team is done they're finished this guy Ben Matthews probably gets fired after the season and my viewpoint with Eli and yes doesn't look good as Geno Smith okay because Geno you know was a disaster with the Jets but here's my view on Eli's career if you want to go like you know, for going all the way here with Eli. Eli, I think, was a decent NFL quarterback, and he had two big plays in his career in the biggest moments. That That's why he's been propelled so much, because he plays in New York and because his brother's Peyton. But the David Tyree catch, which he should have been sacked on, and then the throw... To Mario Manningham, I think, in the Correct. second Patriots Super Bowl down the sidelines, and they were down in that game, I believe, 17-9 to 9 or 20-9 to 9 or something like that, and they came back and won that game. Uh, I just look at it as he made two of the biggest plays against the biggest team in the NFL and the biggest quarterback and the biggest coach, and that's what's put him where he is. He's won, really, let I me stop was, you.
2: Let me stop you. He's, he won a okay. lo- He's won a lot of other playoff games. I mean, they won a lot of playoff games with Eli Manning at the helm and making the throws, not just the two Super Bowls. Hold on, so. hold, on, hold,
1: on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. They won at Green Bay in the in the freezing cold because Brett Favre threw a bad pass and set up the Giants for a field goal. They won at San Francisco because Kenny Williams' son fumbled those two punts and gave the Giants great field position. I think that yes, you are right. They did win. On the road, Tony Romo threw a pick in the end zone, the year the Giants won the Super Bowl. I feel like he was the quarterback of those teams when the other team made mistakes and set him up for victory.
2: So you're just slicing the entire career of of Eli Manning right off the the buffet here. You're just gonna you're just gonna whack that uh, just use the white out and white it all out. Uh, for this, but uh, by the same token, I mean he is iconic in New York for those Super Bowl wins. Didn't he deserve to kind of go out on his own terms here? And if you wanted to do this after the season, do it after the season in the next five weeks.
1: I mean, yes, you could have, but in all honesty, what difference does it really make? In all seriousness, so you have Beckham's hurt. A lot of your other guys are hurt the season is totally lost where you play five games and beat three and 13. I mean, how is that going to fix your legacy? I mean, in the end, I don't think anybody will remember it. You know, it's like with Brett Favre. With Brett Favre, you don't remember him ending his, his streak of, of consecutive starts. You remember what he did in Green Bay and what he did with the Vikings. And, you know, you don't remember how it ended necessarily. I don't think you do. I, you know, now we do. But I think in the end, when you look at Eli Manning's career – You'll think of the Patriot games. You'll think of those Super Bowls, and not necessarily oh, because you've got you got an idiot for a head coach right now that, that made this decision that oh, this is how it's going to be defined. I don't think it'll be defined like that.
2: All right, very good. There's Kevin's feelings on this. Um, he will not be getting a Christmas card from the Manning household. We move on to the games on the field uh, this week. And, and, and much different than last week, there are some intriguing matchups. No, not the Denver-Miami game that I'm talking about. But, I mean, there are some decent games here. Minnesota-Atlanta looks like it could be a playoff preview. Uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, that one is uh, Thursday night at the time we're talking Redskins-Cowboys. Redskins very much need the game. Can Dallas get anything going at all, or have they waved the white flag? That one will be a fun one uh, to watch, and there's a there's a couple more this weekend, including one that I'm going to make a three-dog Thursday prediction on. Where do you want to go, though, for an underdog in the NFL, Kevin Rogers?
1: Well, I guess we're at tie in the Mannings. We might as well talk about Peyton's uh, old team, the Colts
2: like that <laughs> i do like that good segue thank, you. thank uh, you however i don't believe peyton is quarterbacking the colts this week so it could hurt their cause but you still no, like no. you still like the colts
1: i i do and and that kook is head coach chuck pagano for the comments that he's made this week i mean talking about a guy saying Get fire a guy's done this guy's done too i think pagano but anyway when i look at the colts they're going to jacksonville to play the jags and Jacksonville lost that game at the end at Arizona last week, and it's still honestly, and it sounds silly because people, you know, just look at this division as awful, but Jacksonville and Tennessee, I said this a few weeks ago, I think they're both going to be in the playoffs, that the other one is going to be the wild card. One's going to win the division and the other's going to be the wild card just because their schedules are so easy the rest of the way that they're playing the rest of the NFC West. Jacksonville will play Seattle coming up. But Tennessee, Ray, beat Seattle. And then you have uh, Arizona, San Francisco, and the Rams. I think Tennessee hosts the Rams. But other than that, I don't think they play anybody that tough. So I think that both those teams will end up in the playoffs. So for Jacksonville, they beat Indianapolis last time, 27 nothing at Lucas Oil Stadium. All right, The Colts have actually been competitive of late. They're 3-1 and against the spread the last four. They blew this 10-point lead to Tennessee this past week at home. But in the last three games, TJ, they've allowed 20 points or less in each of those. So they've actually been pretty competitive. Jacksonville hasn't been a favorite of more than seven points this year. So actually seven and a half, but you know, pretty close. But Jacksonville has not lost back-to-back this year. That I'll put out there. But besides that, I think after the Colts were shut out at home by Jacksonville, I think they'll play better. And for the Jags, we're just waiting to see the real Jags come out. Like, are we not? You know, after all this time? We can't keep having these good Jags. We have to have the bad
2: Jags. Are you saying that you don't believe in the Blake Bortles running machine that we saw in Arizona last week, the nimble Blake Bortles running the read option and scrambling into the end zone for a touchdown? You're not believing in in his ability to uh, make it happen and, in particular, lead them down the field and lead them in key situations? You don't believe in Blake Bortles? What's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? No.
1: No. And you know what? Jacksonville, who have they faced the last few weeks? Deshaun Kaiser and they just face Blaine Gabbert. Now they get Jacoby Brissett. And, I mean, how much luckier can you get facing some of these quarterbacks? I mean, they keep facing – and, yeah, I know they faced Roethlisberger earlier. Yes, they in five, six against they did. But at the same time, like, these teams in the AFC South, I mean, I mean, how much luckier can you get with who you're playing, you know? And with all the circumstances that Deshaun Watson's out for the year, Andrew Luck is out for the year. But uh, with all that rambling, I'm going to take the points with the
2: Colts. All right, so he's going to go Indianapolis in the rematch. Still, that defense for Jacksonville is nasty. They're the, they're the number one defense in the NFL. It's no joke in terms of turnovers, in terms of sacks and points allowed. It's been an amazing turnaround for the Jags. And you said it. You said you believe they're going to be a playoff team when it's all said and done. What a turnaround uh in jacksonville and as i mentioned there are a couple of other games uh the carolina new orleans game uh looks like a knockdown drag out game rematch in the in the superdome the mercedes-benz superdome uh, after new orleans blew out carolina earlier in the year panthers now have gotten a couple more wins new orleans had their eight game win streak snapped Let's see what happens in that matchup. I'll stay away from that one. I like the Sunday night game, Seattle playing host to Philadelphia, and I will take the Seahawks for three-dog Thursday purposes. They won last week in San Francisco, of course, lost the heartbreaker on Monday night football to Atlanta where they got into field goal range to tie the game, and then the Blair-Walsh field goal was short. They have played nothing but wild games at home. I'm thinking, though, here Philadelphia may have a clunker. On this one, Uh, the Eagles have been very good all season, blew out the Bears last week. They did go all the way out to the the West Coast and beat the Chargers earlier this year. But this could be a game where they struggle against Seattle's defense. We might see Carson Wentz throw a couple of interceptions, and Philadelphia's offense have some problems. I will gladly take the touchdown here, the six points. I think the Seahawks win this game outright. They're still chasing the Rams in the playoff picture uh, in the NFC West. Give me Seattle on Three Dog Thursday. Are you believing in the Eagles as an NFC, Super Bowl contender, NFC champion? And uh, do you think with with me that maybe this is a game where they could falter here out on, on the Pacific Northwest?
1: They could. I mean, I do believe in them as a, as a major contender in the NFC. I mean, obviously you have a couple of teams you can make arguments for that can be in the Super Bowl from the NFC. And it's interesting that Green Bay isn't in that discussion. Dallas isn't. With, uh, with injuries to their quarterback, or, well, I mean, with Dallas Prescott kind of still playing, but Ezekiel Elliott out and with Aaron Rodgers out for Green Bay. But when you look at Seattle, no Richard Sherman scares me a little bit against this Philadelphia offense, but at the same time, it's still going to be a very tough test. But I feel like the Eagles really haven't been tested recently. That, that they went out to Kansas City earlier this year, that's their only loss. Besides that, I, I feel like they haven't had a lot of games against teams that have really pushed them that they drew Denver, who's been terrible offensively. Chicago's been bad offensively. You know, they got the Redskins. Uh, you know, so I really, and even Dallas, when, when uh, you know, Ezekiel didn't play in that first game of the suspension. So uh, this should be an interesting test where Russell Wilson's played better. He really has. And we'll see if Seattle can at least keep up with
2: Philadelphia. Again, their whole defense seems to be banged up. Their secondary injured, no more Richard Sherman, no more Cam Chancellor. But I just think the Seahawks will find... Away in this game with the Eagles at home. Home field advantage for them, getting a lot of points. Give me Pete Carroll and company as the home underdog for Three Dog Thursday purposes. All right. So we're ready to flip that calendar to December. Championship weekend in college football. Kevin Rogers, tell the fans more about the great information on VegasInsider.com, sir.
1: Yeah, college football, our last weekend of football like this before we hit the bowl season coming up in. Just a few weeks. I mean, I can't disrespect the Army Navy game coming up next Saturday, <laughs> but uh, but you do have uh, a lot of uh, football still to come, and we'll find out who's going to be in the bowls coming up on Sunday night. But a lot of good information regarding these bowl g- or these uh, championship games coming up on Saturday. Also, NFL. We have five Sundays of the NFL in December, which is going to be really really exciting. College basketball. The Big Ten. Uh, their conference play starts this week. The NBA keeps rolling on, hockey rolls on. You can check out all the information at VegasInsider.com dot com and on our Twitter at TwitVi. Just a lot uh, really going on here as we wrap up 2017.
2: Yeah, and I love following Kevin Rogers as well off of Twitter at Vi Rogers. You can follow this show at Three Dog Thursday, and we encourage the fans uh, again rate this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, where you can subscribe to this show, find us, rate us, rank the show, help it promote. Uh, within iTunes and Stitcher and our friends at RadioInfluence.com do a great job. Uh, Again, this is our our final show to end the month of November with the games coming in December. We we know the audience has been growing fantastically throughout the football season, so we're excited uh, about seeing the November numbers of all the great audience coming our way here on 3Dog Thursday. So, uh, Kevin, it's going to be a wild weekend. That is for certain uh, as we see how everything unfolds here with, uh, as you said, maybe all four of the college football playoff four at the moment go down to defeat and those final rankings will come out sunday before nfl sunday to see who the four teams are that are in after championship saturday it won't be dull that's for sure it's gonna be exciting to watch it all unfold
1: absolutely And, and we haven't had this for a while like i mentioned in the first segment we have not had this kind of excitement going into these uh these championship games it feels like you know who's going to win all of them going in but that's really not the case this time around so we'll see who pulls off the upsets and then uh, uh, we'll find out who's going to play for the national championship
2: we also thank brett mcmurphy college football insider extraordinaire mr sources with all the great college football carousel coaching news again you may be listening throughout the weekend and already know about some of these coaching moves we've been talking about on three dog thursday midweek Uh, We thank him for being with us as well. And we thank you for listening in. Enjoy all of the football. We'll come back next week with the latest edition of the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs in college football and the NFL. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye. Chris Landry inviting you to
1: join me for Landry Football Podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we'll give you the coaching and scouting angle to the college and NFL game. Film breakdowns, scouting reports, X's and O's, the latest inside scoop, coaching search information. We've got it all for you. I'll take my experiences as a coach and a scout and bring it to you, the fan, to give you access to the best football information on the college and pro level. Join us at LandryFootball.com and remember the Landry Football Podcast right here as well as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and (laughs) RadioInfluence.com.